Yo, 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 welcome back, man. Damn, episode 24. We're live in Barcelona right here at the Treasure Social Club. And I have my man, a special guest. He's been well-requested, well-respected. My man, True Cannabis, with us today. What's good, homie? Very good, bro. Awesome to meet you guys. Loving the podcast. I'm surprised I only just heard about it, but to be honest, I'm a podcast binger. So now I've found one that I can really get into and relate to. I'm really enjoying it. So this is going to be nice. I'm looking forward to sitting down and chopping it up. Yo, we appreciate it, man. This is episode 24 and uh, we got some fad joints rolled up. We're about to light up. We got some good people here in the building. We're live from the social club. We got people here smoking and we're, we're in the middle of it recording. It's nice so, to have it in Boston. You, you've already, man, I had to stop you like eight times. You got so much, like you got so much history. You got so much energy. You just got, you're just radiating pure energy, bro. Like for real. And I can see why people are DMing me like, yo, you have to talk to him. You have to get with him. So thank you for making time, man, and making this happen. Like I said, bro, when you hear people that you feel have that same passion on the level that you do, it's exciting to connect with them. It is. That's what I got from listening to just the first three episodes of the podcast. I'm like, oh, this is the level of love and passion and enthusiasm that I need to connect with to really shine because when you love something it's nice to talk to other people that love it and that's how things happen and everyone progresses when you put those kind of minds together and start discussing things and seeing what, what the next move is where we're going next what's happening where where's this industry heading and these kind of things straight up that's what the events did for everybody or do for everybody yeah definitely you know what i mean so that's that's crucial man started off with the beginning of the journey started off with the you know, a young, true can of bliss. So, you, you were just telling me a dope, interesting fact that you picked that name because it used to be your name on the forums. And you were hoping that if anyone knew you on the forums, since people kind of fell off, yeah. or, you know, that they would recognize that name and reach out to you. Has anyone reached out to you? Loads of people, bro. It's been from the forums. Yeah, from the forums. So your plan worked. That was 100%, bro. Literally. I would say over the last, I've had Instagram for like nine years now, something like that. At least five people every year come across from the forums. From the forums. Yo, that's dope. It's amazing, bro. Because you know what? A lot of these people went through crazy shit and yeah, were in and out of like contact, probably had some serious issues over the years. So when someone pops up and they got a 200 lighter or even just a two lighter, but they're living good. It's amazing to see. It's even more special, if I'm honest, when I see my friends have made it in the game that we all dreamed of being in and had a passion for when it wasn't legal and was doing dicey shit and really taking risks. When those people have made the step up and are doing something legit now and are succeeding, then I'm just like, wow, uh, there's pride. You know what I mean? You're like, yes, they've done it. Fuck, we, someone. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, that's it. And the culture is strong. It's stronger than ever. And I'm seeing that, like just touching ground in each place. I'm seeing like there's real culture and like there's a lot of people that are really, really, really pushing for this thing to go in the right direction. How I describe it to people is I often say is that there's still a community left in this industry. Because that's what's happened now. It's become an industry because of the legality. But when you look into it and you're a part of it and you're an active part of it, you feel a part of a community and there are things happening that make you feel that way. So it's such a cool thing to be around and to be a part of and to see new generations come into it and take the baton and 
have that same level of enthusiasm that I had when I was 20 and started getting into growing. So yeah, it's dope to see, to, to see it happen and also to witness it. Like you say, at events, things like Spanabis, when 420 happens and everyone gets together, it's cool to, to see that still to this day, the group of stoner growers is the most varied, most diverse group of any counterculture that you'll see. Just any, any weed consumer. Yeah, that's it. Any, so, any, anybody that smokes cannabis or consumes cannabis in any way, it's everybody. Yeah, that's it. It's everybody, especially in 2021. Yep. 100%. Take us to a young, true can of bliss, man. What was your first time smoking weed? My first time was kind of fucking terrible, really. It's inappropriate because it was one of my aunties. Uh, we went out on a walk with like my cousins and my aunties and my auntie was smoking and my cousin said to her like, oh, let Barry have a toke at a joint or something along those lines. And she let me have a toke on a hash and tobacco spliff. And I must've been like nine or 10 years of age. Holy shit. So it's like, she was my favorite auntie, but it's only when you're older, you realize that the favorite auntie when you're a kid was the most irresponsible one who let you do what the fuck you wanted. Exactly. <laughs> so that was the first experience. but then. I probably smoked again at like 14, 15 years of age. That's when I really got into smoking. Smoke flour? Do you know what? Or was it hash? Hash was the first thing that I smoked because I had a friend who was half Moroccan. Ah. And at school, his mum would let him smoke hash when we were like 14. Wow. So he would That's always dope. have hash. And I remember I went on mom. holiday, yeah? And this was around the time when Aladdin, the Disney cartoon, just come out, yeah? And I bought a pirated version when I went on holiday. And then I had a double deck video recorder. And I basically swapped him Aladdin and a couple of other videos for, I mean, like, it's been for like four joints. And he had to roll them because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So he had to roll me four hash joints. So that was my first Yo, into smoking. You were lit. I'm like, man. Did you keep it to yourself or did you, you call some homies and shit? But you know what? The funniest thing, this is the funniest part of the story, bro, is that I kept it between a few close friends. But then my best friend found out and told everyone and told his mum, who was my mum's best friend. And our dads were best friends. All the mums were. So pissed. I turn up to meet them for school like one day and his mum goes, yeah, uh, Barry, can you come into here, please? I need to have a talk with you. And gives me one. Uh, be fair. Yeah, the, the chat was so legit. I stopped smoking. She was like, wow. Look, you should be smoking your fucking kid. I'm not telling you it's the worst thing in the world. She's like, you got the whole yeah. neighborhood smoking like, hash, Barry. What the fuck are you smoking you stop. for? You're a kid. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the best thing. You're fucking thing. 13 and that's a half. It. That's it. Stop. <laughs> if you stop, I won't tell your parents. I'm yeah. like, fuck, that's a deal. I'm, I'm down. So that was it. I stopped. Then, Damn, that, that was a good deal, though. Bro, yeah, to take wait that. until it gets ironic here. Then, cut to eight months later. That same friend who snitched on me comes in and says, yeah, me and my cousin, we smoke weed on the weekend. We asked ah. mum and she let us. I'm like, what? So now we're getting permission to, to smoke weed. So the mom that blackmailed you, her son is now smoking weed freely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Man. So I'm like, that's it. I'm where, smoking too. Where are we at right at this point, Barry? Where are you raining from? From London, Northwest London. Man, so you were in Northwest London when this yeah, was going yeah, down. Yeah, this is back in the wow. day, Northwest so, London. So then what did you do after that? You started smoking again? Yeah, and do you know what? The beauty of it was that what we then found out was that my friend's dad, every year, was growing a couple of plants in the garden. Oh, that's a good friend. And he would save a little bit for himself, but then he would mostly like just give it to a few friends. He loved giving it out to a bunch of his friends. A friend with weed? So this is the beauty is that they didn't know what 
someone actually smoked. So we were convincing them that just for the weekend, we needed like a fucking half ounce of weed. So they're giving us these big bags of like outdoor, terribly like untrimmed, like the fan leaves were gone, but the rest of the leaf oh, was on man. it. And we were smoking that, but bro, it was putting us into a coma. We were like, you know the ones where you can't move and you're eating yeah. bread. You're just eating bread. Straight CBN. You're just like, bro, I'll eat bread right now. That's how hungry I am. I'm not even going to spread nothing on it. <laughs> Holy shit. Were you selling any of it? No, we were just smoking it. Smoking the whole yeah, thing. Holy like, oh, shit. Did um, you trim it up at all or did you smoke no, the plant matter and everything? We smoked it all. We all smoked of it. it all, did it bro. give you a headache? No, it was good. It was pure. It was, it was yeah, good. Bro, it was fresh. It was nice. It was like at that age, you have no clue. Man. So that was kind of the end to it. That's way better than tobacco. Yeah, it was. But Straight we up. were smoking with tobacco though. Ah, uh, that's the problem. Yeah, see, that's As the culture, kids, though. Yeah, the culture. That's is, the culture, though. I hear that all around. I see the homies rolling in. You know, I don't judge you. I don't judge that shit. It's crazy what oh, they I did. Judge in I judge you. I do. I, I judge you it. guys. Are I'm way, judgmental. Just to be real, like you guys are way harder on it than U.S. The U.S. Yeah, really yeah. doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like, yeah, we I really know. don't give a fuck because we don't do it. Yeah. But you guys are like hard on it. Like you, you look down on you know, others that do it. You're like, I don't like he. Like my man Jay Nards right here, the cameraman, he was like, I only smoke pure. He said that like four times. He like made sure to let me know. Yeah, he only smokes pure. because in England, yeah, you don't want to know, you know, this is how it is. You know this, is, this is the truth of it. Yeah. The reason I feel that way is because I can't respect your opinion if you put it with tobacco. Yeah. You don't know what it really tastes yeah. like. So I can't respect what you're telling me. It's like straight up tobacco hides a multitude of sins. You can get away with smoking some serious trash. And, swap real quick. and not know smoke some of that Malverde from what's the going on because the, the tobacco just makes kid. it burn clean you take away the tobacco from that joint and now it's charcoal black and your throat's burning it's but when you're used to just smoking better. tobacco of everything it just makes it smooth and everyone's like oh yeah yeah this is really nice it's piff yeah uh. like bro you can't tell with tobacco I understand like you're, you're addicted to tobacco it's super addictive you convince yourself that you like it and there's all these things that you'll tell yourself it's an addiction and it's even worse when you realize that you started smoking weed as a kid and the minute you go somewhere and you ain't got weed you're fucking clucking and the feeling i'm arguing with everyone i'm touchy with my parents there's all these character faults coming out caused by nicotine craving that when you feel them and realize them and are able to step back from it you go raw I don't like tobacco. I just hate the way I feel when I'm craving it. So I'll just keep smoking it and convince myself, no, no, I like it. I like it. It's not that. I like it. And, and, that, and that's the, uh, it's a vicious circle for a smoker to be in because you're defeating the object of something super beneficial. It becomes a more narcotic effect. It causes more laziness in smokers. That's facts. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the culture's changing too. Yeah, people. Shout are, out to Currency and Wiz Khalifa. They really put the world on paper, back on 100%. papers, straight up. They really did. Shout it's out just to awesome them. Now that I got to cite that. Jet English, life. The fact paper that English people now that start smoking weed that don't smoke tobacco, then they don't have a tobacco addiction that causes them to abuse cannabis because that's the problem. I found myself smoking 10, 15 joints a day, mainly tobacco. No, right. mainly weed because I was a fiend for cannabis, but I was putting like one little tiny bit, like a cigarette would go into like yeah. 10 joints for me. Right. So it is at the point where it's barely hitting the craving, but because it was barely affecting the craving, as soon as I finished that joint, five minutes later, I'm smoking another joint and another joint and another joint. You're All just of a, a sudden, chain smoker, yeah, man. you're a chain smoker. And the minute I gave it up, I'm like, oh, now I can choose when I want to smoke. 
Yep. Now when I you can wanna, enjoy when, it. When you want to have I the experience. Feel it. Now I can taste it. Like it, it took an experience. It took reading the book Hashish by Robert Connell Clark, which in turn made me give up tobacco. And within three months of giving up tobacco, I started to grow myself indoor. That was the spark. I'm like, I can't, Damn. I can't deal with this trash weed no more. Like that book again? Hashish by Rob Connell Clark. That is a book that if you're a lover of cannabis, a grower, a smoker, you've got to have that book. That's the greatest coffee that's table the one, book there huh? is. Yeah, that yeah one. I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, that's incredible. Every listener, man, you better get that. Yeah, pick that up. And he does another one there called Marijuana Botany, which is another okay. one that I got when I first started out. That's dope, then. And Jorge Cervantes' Grow Bible. Back in the day when I started that, right? that one, like you get that I started right. growing properly indoors did, did in you, 2000. Did you ever meet Sam the Skunk Man? You yeah. know Sam the yeah, Skunk Man? Yeah, I do know Sam the Skunk Man. You have any, you have any, I am very, very you know, lucky. You know, we got with, we, got with uh, we, we just did the other night with uh, Corel uh, Super Sativa Seed Club. Yep. And uh, he's telling us a bunch of stories, a bunch of OG stories. You know, he's 65. He's been Bro. doing this shit 35 years. You, I was yeah. like, yo, I'm only 33. That's small than me. conversations with these guys manages to fit in so much information. What do you think about that? That's beautiful. Malverde. Shout that's, out Sure Money. Yeah, that's nice. Cali so, smoke. The flavors coming out of Cali that are getting to you, Barcelona. You because we've got good people Man, out there. smoking. Although there's lots of shit that gets over. When you know the people, you can get the examples of the fire from the Cali. real deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the re-rock. Like, I've been lucky that I've always had those forum online links, so I've had access to cuts forever. You've understood yeah. online presence. Yeah, yeah. And talk to me about your first time journey. Like you were smoking weed, doing your thing. You know, the neighborhood mom extorted you. You found out your son was smoking. You started smoking again. You said, "Fuck it." When did you start growing and shit? When did you start, you know, where we, you were in the UK doing your thing? Yeah. Tell, tell us about it. The growing started when I was like 20 in 2000. That was literally after buying the book, Rob Connor Clark's Hashish. Once I got to wow. the back of that, that inspired me so much. I, I had read in there that you didn't really need to smoke with tobacco. That was like a revolution to read that. And it, it broke down like why it was done and in what cultures it was done. I'm like, oh, I don't need to be doing this no more. So I started smoking pure. And then I quickly realized that now I'm smoking pure. The quality of the flower is not good enough for me to enjoy it. So I need to grow my own. So at that age, I started. I had a friend that had a couple of plants. It was the same friend that I had been smoking with that dad would grow plants outdoors. That's fire. So he, he put you on. He had a couple of plants outdoors. And what we done is I said to him, look, I'll get the first set up. We split everything half and half. You get your set up next and then we split everything half out of yours. And that's how we grew for the first year or two where we split each of our crops when Man, we harvested. And I did the first one and I had two plants that were bag seed. I grew them in soil with a 400 watt HPS in the corner of my room. And the only thing to black out the room was a, a blind from Ikea. And then I was like still watching TV at night. They had Ikea away. back then? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 2000, yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah. like, oh, yeah. I, I actually worked there when I was at college in I'm 98. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you, man, you're one light. Yeah, one lighter. And literally, bro, I had two plants, one of them hermed around week seven, and I harvested. But it yielded three ounces. The other plant finished 
It was almost six foot tall, and I got five ounces off of the block. In your room? In my room. So I had eight ounces of- How exciting was that? Bro, Just like living with that shit the like first time. It's making the hair stand up in my arm now, yeah, thinking about it. the feeling feel of being like, whoa, Yo, this thing's what a the fuck just happened? Growing. It's- I thought you had to be a professor- with some kind of laboratory and like a, this thing is budding, yeah. it's smelling it nuts, bro. I managed real fruit. That one, I'd say, was like muted on smell. Mm-hmm. I then went out, and at the time, there were seeds available, like expensive seeds, like Sensi, uh, Sensi seeds were expensive. Right. Uh, THC seeds, I feel like a lot seeds. of that was a gimmick too. They the were beginning. so expensive. The idea of buying seeds for like a hundred or eighty bucks or anything like that, and then trying to germinate them, I was like, "Rah, I'm not doing that." So I found the, like the cheapest brand, which is a company called Nirvana, and they used to have like they were like the bootleggers back then. Truthfully, that's what they were. They would get White Widow and call it White red, Rhino, white, no Black <laughs> Widow or something. They would get White Rhino oh, okay, and call okay. it something black else. Rhino. Yeah, they, yeah. And, and if they could get away with it, they would just take the name and call it what it was. And their seeds were super cheap. So I ordered something called skunk number 11. I didn't know what it was. What it turned out to be was a lemon skunk. That's why you get that. Bro, this stunk so much. My mum come home about week six and said, no more, enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, it. You finish this one and then no more growing in the house. So at that point, I built a little garden shed, six by four. And I built the first section of it. I had a cabinet on the left. Yeah, had a clone tray at the bottom. Had a little section for cuts that I was vegging and training, doing low stress training on them because I was trying to maximize the growth while I was flowering in the other section that I had a 400 watt over. So this little shed was like a constant flowing mother room, little clone section, little veg section, and a flowering section. And I grew in that for like maybe two years. And then when I moved out of home, then can you imagine how easy growing was yeah, after growing in that little fucking shed? That yeah. was a nightmare. Now I'm in a house what? with bedrooms, multiple lights. I was having a field day, bro. That's when I really come into my own and started to level up and started to do pheno hunts, keep mother plants prolonged. That's when I, that's when I went on and entered like the icy mag cup. Your own nursery. Yeah, that's it. That's when I felt proficient enough that I'm like, yeah, let me try my weed in a competition. Yeah. Yeah. And icy mag was the one back in the day. Yeah. That was, uh, even now to this day, icy mag's got the like most prestige as far as I'm concerned, because to be a judge, you've got to be a member and it all goes online, all of the scores and the people primarily that get to judge are the people that enter. So, you know, if you enter like the sativa category, then you would get to enter the indica category to judge so that you can judge a different category to yourself. Right. And everyone's held like accountable. Yeah. Everyone's held accountable for their scoring and it all goes online. Oh, that's dope. And back then, like I had pride when I entered a competition. When I enter a competition, I don't show anyone the flower or talk about my flower. I don't try and influence people because I'll be honest, yeah. I've been later on in life when I had an extract company called OCD Labs. We were like the first extract company in Europe. We had such an energy about us that we only had to go to a competition. Everyone dab our stuff. Everyone judges. They know our shit because it stands out. And then everyone votes for us. And it takes a bit of the shine off of it for me because I half feel like subliminally, once you've got people tasting all your stuff and knowing what you're entering, 
even if it's not the best one and every and everyone's got that vibe at that moment you know who's the who's the flavor of the month it carries things over so when you go in and keep your shit real secret and don't tell people and let it do what it does and then it comes out with a win at the ic mag cup that's when i'm impressed it's kind of like if you get a brand new car and you just pull up on somebody in it yeah you never tell them about it you know what i mean they're like yo what the fuck when did you get this you know what i mean way better to be more that's the way to go about it i feel like in everything in life yeah definitely i had some homies they'll they'll buy an outfit and be like yo come check out this outfit i bought and i'm like Man, I'll see it when you wear you're, it, bro. Yeah, you already feel like I'll it can never be up wear to the it, potential. Bro. See when you put it on, man. Yeah. Like cool outfit, man. Yeah. But damn, yeah, pull up in it, man. It's the, that's the way to go, definitely. I Seriously, see, I see, Mag. You're my doing it for stuff. the right reasons at that point, yeah. And it's for you, and it's for rewarding yourself for hard work and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you kept it to yourself, and I feel like it's true in life. You got to keep your plan private. Yeah, definitely. You know definitely. what I mean? Like, you, there's Impact just too many evil eyes and shit and, like, too many ways and people trying to get in the way, man, all the time. It's crazy. You really got to weave, weave through know, the bullshit. Sometimes I feel like the minute you have an idea, you've got to react, let alone tell anyone. The minute you've you got 10 people the telling minute, you problems about it. The minute an idea exists in your brain, it's like, make it happen. Do something. Don't wait on it. You've got impacts everything. And when it comes to, you talk things up, you know, when people come and they're like, this flower here. This is the one. Already, you're up in the expectation so much that it's going to have to be something incredible for me to really be impressed. Straight but, up. But always the homies that are clever, yeah, like they come and they're like, oh, this Check one's this cool. Out. This one's nice. This one's all right. And then when it's the real good one, they might be like, I think you'll like that one. Check but they still keep it subdued and then you figure out what's the one and you know because the minute people gas one up more than the other it doesn't always sit with everyone so yeah in cali it's in a mason jar that should be fresh and sticky i always know when they pull out that mason jar with the the silver top and the no name on it that's the one i really want to see right there i'm cool the bags are cool and i already know it's fire in there but that one that mason jar like that's the fresh fire do you know how and it's the fresher, the better, man. I don't know about you guys, because you're seeing things on a professional level now, but you know, when it comes to the whole growing levels, as far as smoking all the flowers from all over the world, from different growers, how I feel is like, if you're going to scale it on like a one to 10, on the basis that I don't think we're at a 10 yet, but we're heading towards those levels of control in rooms and all of yeah. that. I feel the best growers in the world are hitting eight. And when you hit a nine, yeah. you give your friend a nudge. You know, like yeah, when yeah, yeah. you know when you yeah. when you ex- you know in the room sometimes you have a hard time sharing it. You're like, yeah, yeah that's it. Know, There's man. certain times in the room you know today and get what high. was the one that <laughs> when you see your friends, there's certain yeah. friends you have to give the heads uh-huh. up on it because. They're going to want to know about like, that yo, one. That was so, the one. Yeah, that's it. And, that, and that's how it it's is. It's getting really. there. It's and getting there. The, like the way I'm seeing the controls of rooms, environment control, all of these things. I think we're on that, uh, we're on that path, bro, where sooner or later, we're going to get people that are going to have a cut that's in a room where they can measure every last parameter, spend a year or so dialing it and actually say, yeah, that's it. That is a 10-10 on that plant. We nailed everything. There wasn't a day when it went wrong. There wasn't a moment when we had any issues. We dried it in the perfect conditions. It was everything perfect. And then 
that's when we're going to really take this like game to another level because environment's everything. And that's been the biggest challenge for me as a grower is getting the environment right. So I'm always looking to America to see how the professionals are coming in to have HVAC specialists come in and figure out environment. It's like a myth to us over here. Do you know what I mean? You know, everybody came from having to deal with that. You know what I mean? So it still is, you know, people still dealing with that, figuring that out. How I always say to people with me as a grower is I'm a great chef, not a kitchen fitter. If you give me the kitchen, that's the problem. I'll whip up that's the, problem the greatest the, meal ever. Exactly. But I cannot put to, I a cannot kitchen build together. a kitchen. Yeah. I cannot build a kitchen. No, I feel that it's two different jobs, two different skill sets, even like becoming a breeder. I never intentionally became a breeder. I always held breeding with such high reverence that it wasn't something I was even looking to for the first 10 years, pretty much of growing. I was just trying to get that right. You know, the idea of growing well enough to spot a keeper, because right. that's the thing. Like you got to know what to make space for. Bro, I wasn't a good enough grower for the first five years right. to, even, just whatever. to even know what cuts were the keepers, because it's not until you're at that level where you're able to see things and then know, yeah, this one needs to be run again. And then you run things two or three more times. And by the third time, you know if something is elite level and if it's a keeper. And that, that was where I was at. I just wanted to get to the point where I'm like, I'm seeing all these crazy strains online in America. I'm smoking things locally that don't excite me. You know, like I, I was like, I was bored. Are you talking about being here or in Barcelona? In the UK, 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 when UK, I was okay. young, you know, like everything We're I'd still always smoke. Tr true cannabis. Yeah. We're still talking about him. I, right I was gotcha. smoking all the AK-47s, the white rhinos. I was smoking all the European kind of strains. Right. But I was looking towards America. So the minute I got onto IC Mag and started really realizing what seeds are available. I started getting, trying to get cushions and diesels and chems and purples. And back then the purple plant was a myth. It was like only a few recorded purple plants online. The idea of how much purple there is now is wild. So right? I was hunting for those kind of things and just wanted to find unique things. So people really like haven't, no idea how lucky they are nowadays with the variety across all the different strains. But back then it was pretty fucking wild. Like, and we thought we were lucky then with what was available. You're right. You're right. So the more it grows and the more comes out of the woodwork and the more things happen as much as a lot of the genetics are getting mixed up. There's lots of new things always come in and interesting people popping up on the scene with something that's been held for years or some new interesting land races. There's a lot of interesting things that's about to pop up with this Dutch experiment with the 10 licenses. Yeah, I'm super Man, curious about that. A lot of the old well. school, a lot of the old school is about to get their shot. Yeah, do you know what I'm curious of? You know, and, is, and they're confident. They, they said they're going to take on Cali, man. Well, the thing is, I think that they're going to end up looking for a lot of things that aren't looked through by anyone else because there is a haze market over there. Oh, for sure. So that haze New York market, just went online. Yeah. So like New York has got that reputation for the pith and all of those kind of things. So 100%. they've got that haze love, but Holland has got it on a whole nother level. Yeah. Holland so, really fucks with yeah, the haze. So, you know, Amnesia, I can see them. Up and, like, have you ever heard of the Dr. Grinspoon? I haven't. Bro, the Dr. Grinspoon is literally like, that's like how the bud is. Little bits like that on there. Twigs with little calyxes on it with hardly nothing. And it flowers for 24 weeks. 
What? It is insane, bro. The idea of growing that plant out, unless you're charging an insane price. Who's growing that? Motherfuckers are growing it. And right. it has you feeling like you've done every upper available to man. No shit. Yeah, it's, oh, so like, it's like a new drug type shit. Bro, it's like your heart is looking to tear through your chest. Your so it's not even weed. Bro, it's like that super trippy haze, that like high level, like, oh, wow, oh, you come out shit. of a coffee shop in Amsterdam and you're like, oh, why is everything so bright? Why? Like, that's everything. Like mushrooms. Similar, bro. Honestly, <laughs> that's what it's like. That's it's like, like the you first. Take mushrooms, it's you like come out and you're like, oh, yes, shit. That's what it is, bro. You go into a supermarket smoking that haze and it feels like you're on a spaceship because it's so bright. Yeah. You're like, whoa. That's when, what we were talking about is that haze is a different experience. Sour is a different experience. Yeah. Cush is a different experience. There's certain types of weed that are just different experiences. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? For me, I like once I first started smoking OG Kush, that gave me the hugging a bud feeling that I like. That's how I describe it. Hugging like, a bug? Hugging a bud. Hugging a bud. Just like cozy. Like if you're hugging a bud? Yeah. Or like you're being hugged in a bud? Yeah, hugged in a bud. Hugged in a bud. Yeah, I like that. Hugging a bud. And, and it gives me all the wellness and nice feeling so that like I want from something. OG? Yeah, I love OG. I like, I like sours too. I love chem. Chem's a big yeah. favorite for me. Talk about that chem, man. That you got right yeah. now, that gear you're rocking right now. The chem, basically, I was on the East Coast a lot in the mid-2000s. And during my time in the East Coast, I was up in Maine, and I was around the Sour Diesel, the original East Coast Sour Diesel cut. Maine, I got to Maine's smoke doing that. their thing, too. Yeah. Shout out to them. And I was smoking all the Chem family cuts as well, like Snow Dog, Chem Sister, Chem 4, Chem D. The only one that they didn't have at the time was the Chem 91. Because that, that got sourced by someone else later. These cuts came directly from Chemdog and were in the circle. So we were oh, also wow. getting a bunch of stuff sent over from the West Coast to the East Coast. Oh, hypothetically. So they had a huge catalog of genetics. So coming from England, I was now just saturated in wow. San Fernando Valley OG. Like, all the Cali. Yeah, all of the hype Cali things, plus all of the Chem family things. And I fell in love with those strains, bro. For me, Chemdog, OG Kush. And you like then, those, Yeah, bro. and then later on, the Forum Cookies. I know a lot of people, yeah? I hear people of my generation saying like, oh, cookies doesn't do anything to me. And it's like, I don't know, man. I smoke Forum Cookies and that shit gets me I'll baked. I fucking love it. It's I'll like, be honest, the Forum Cut Cookies was probably one of the best cut of cookies. Yeah, like, that's the one I had. Like heavy, 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 high, yeah. like fucking... I love it. Deep I love purple, the feeling, bro. heavy smoke, heavy high, funky, gassy, but it's got to be grown right. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we it's had a the bitch cut, to if we, yeah. I've we, had the same cut in a room and it looks like two different cuts. Yeah. If you put it directly under the light, it hates it. It's like Skittles, man. You got to have it to the edge of the garden. You got to make sure that it gets like a real good root ball, like a really good root ball. And then it shines. Why is it every fire Shane is a bitch to grow? Because only the, the real good growers deserve that fire. Damn. It's like, I, I've had loads of sour that smells like it, but up. when it tastes like it, that's when you know someone's on point with the sour. Only cup. the good growers deserve that shit. Yeah. Like, even like elite cuts, like back in the day, elite cuts. What do you think about, what's your opinion on cuts getting out? 
all these elite cuts that now get leaked because they have to go in licensed spots and welcome to legalization. The minute money's involved, there's no elite cuts no more because elite cuts are cuts that are elite and grown to an elite level consistently. The minute that cut gets out to growers who do not grow it at that level, it's longer an elite cut because the reputation is tarnished. It so doesn't hold that same it, you reputation. Come up with another hit. We had cuts that lasted years as elite. Then they got if you the wrong smoked hands. it, it was a madness. You smoked it and you're like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. But the problem is with a lot of these cuts, the example I'll give you is the cheese. If you grow good cheese and you're a good grower, cheese is like a symphony with a hundred instruments. But if you're a shit grower and you grow it, it's still a 35 piece orchestra. And some people are impressed by that. But when you've heard the hundred piece, it's nothing. And that's what happens with a lot of elite cuts. They get to mediocre growers, but the elite cut is so strong and the selection is so good that you're actually able to grow it bad and get good results that are passable to people, but not good enough that it holds on to them. At a level where, yeah, they see the hype, they enjoy it but they don't really keep going back. And that's yeah. how reputations get tarnished. No, it is. But I cuts mean, should get out though. I think cuts should be shared. But saying that at the moment, there's so much viruses and bugs and things like that, that I, I, I don't even know if cuts is really even a viable thing gotta, no more. You definitely got to have some uh, pest management. Yeah, even the viroids You got to be able to take shit in. I'm yeah, terrified about the viruses because even if you're looking at plants everybody's and, on the virus, and you're doing man. everything. Viruses are getting yeah, crazy. Yeah, bro, trust me. That's People the People and plants. One. Exactly. Shit. Trouble sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for real. Man, nah, uh, bro, getting into it, I mean, coming from the UK, what happened then? Well, let me tell you how I started breeding. Because that's, a, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's the next phase. That. Let's jump in there. Having been the grower that got to the level where I felt like, let me enter a competition. I got a second place at the IC Mag Cup in 2007. And after that, I was traveling a lot to America. At that point, a breeder asked me to do a project for them because the breeder had got to such a high level of sales that he couldn't keep up with the production of the seeds. So I ended up saying, yeah, I'll do a project never really occurred to me to do any breeding. It wasn't, it wasn't something that drew me. But the minute I started doing it and doing the selection, I did catch the bug. You know, like when you start actually caring about a male and start thinking about what am I looking for from a male? Normally, is all you're looking for from a male is for it to be going out the door as quick as fucking possible. Like you never, normally every male that was a nice plant was the um. biggest heartache ever. Yeah. It's like normally it was a situation where uh, an amazing plant that you've been hyped about, you sex them. And when it turns out to be a boy, you're fucking heartbroken. But now all of a sudden I had to look for those plants. So then it become interesting. So now all of a sudden I'm having to grow out boys and see how they perform and see how they flower. And I did that first project. And ironically enough, being in England where prohibition exists, I had problems and the grow got stolen on this occasion. It weren't even a bust. It was stolen. But I lost that breeding project and then fell out with the breeder after that. But now I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit my selection of keepers because at that point I had my own stable of genetics and all the things that I had grown out. I had this, this is like 2008. I had motor breath. 
You know the motor oh, breath? Yeah, I had yeah. motor breath from Jimmy Nitz before it was ever Pisces Genetics, before wow. it was even called motor breath. Wow. It was just a cut he gave me. I had another one that was train wreck cross San Fernando Valley from him as well. And I had a variety of different cuts. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit them with the Chemdog Mel that I'd selected for the previous project. And that was my first breeding project. Wow. So, and that I ended up releasing through another company that I worked with at the time. But later on, I parted with him. After, after actually attempting to win a high times with him, we got busted, going to Amsterdam, got caught with like two and a half kilos of bud. Like I've been to prison for this, so we can talk this one straight details. We had like two and a half kilos of bud. Uh, we had 60 grams of hash, like sift bubble hash. And then we had 30 grams of oil. And this is 2010. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, like yeah. just having oil, like at the end, uh, when the whole thing ended, the arresting officer. Where was it at? This was in England. We got busted oh, leaving. Oh, got it. Got and, it. And the fun, in the airport? No. At the border. Oh, driving? Boat. Yeah. Driving and then boat. So as we you were on the boat? About to get on the boat. So what do they do? They do a they do a check at the boat or something. I've never I've never had like how do you travel? I guess yeah, when you take you know your what? car, you gotta put it on a ferry or something. Put it this way, bro. The arresting officer, in the end of it, apologized for us getting a custodial sentence because we ended up having to go to prison. And the arresting officer said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for you to go to prison because he basically came to us at the beginning and said to us, look, I've got another case that's four ton of heroin. Just getting my officers to look through your computer with all the cannabis photos is costing me a fortune in manpower and energy. If you just go guilty, we give you all your computers back, phones back, sat navs back, everything today. If you just go guilty on the smuggling. We're like, yeah, wicked, no problem. So we went through the whole court process and he was not pushing for us to get a custodial sentence to actually go to prison. He was trying to get us off. He weren't, he was super cool about it. At the end, when they gave us 18 months, which we had to do six months of, he come up, apologized. This is the maddest experience, bro. He apologized, said to me in future, be more careful. We don't just stop people by accident. And then he goes, also, something you might be uh, happy to know is that they've used samples of what they seized for the National Scientific Database. What the fuck? <laughs> because I guess wow. they never had such a variety. They didn't you know? never had that real Yeah, that imagine real all these different strains, extracts, extracts, everything. It was like, this is perfect. <laughs> so you had to do six months on that? Yeah, we done six months on that. They gave us 18 months. We did six months. And, and so you're good now. Good now. Came out. I split from my business partner. Went Man. my own way. Started That's crazy. Fresh. You were just on the way to Holland. And you just got picked off. Bro. What, what'd you have? Some crazy, crazy haircut or some shit? Where, where were you? in A weed shirt? Bro, we were pretty safe. You know, it was like <laughs> for, the way it went down was just fucked. I just. Man, they're, they're slick, huh? Yeah. You got to <laughs> Loose lips sink chips. Oh, so that's somebody, how was, I so, felt. somebody was talking shit. Yeah, it's like. That's what it was? Do you know what? It's like, in my, this is how I look at it, and I don't really go into it no, in any more detail than this. Is yeah. When you're doing things like that, nobody needs to know. When you do something, so and you're doing something knew. they shouldn't know, no one should know. The wrong people knew because that Because if time. no one knows, then there's never no doubt about it happening. When people know and things go wrong, There'll always be niggling doubts in the back of your mind. So 
Like always Man, tell people, if that ain't some game chips. from True Cannibalist. <laughs> I learned the hard way, bro. Trust me, I learned the hard way. My man is a vet, too. But after that, like... Let's that, talk after that. that. Fuck all that. The idea that they Got stopped Got that behind me. you. I came out, me and my business partner, we were determined to win a high times again. Started another crop straight out That's of legend, jail. Man. I was living in the crop at one point on probation, just super uncomfortable <laughs> on some twitchy shit. Yep. And then it got to the point where after some fallings out with my business partner and friend at the time, I decided, you know what? Let me walk away from this and try and salvage a friendship from it. And Straight that failed. Up. That failed. That failed miserably because he just backstabbed me, done some snaky, malicious shit. A lot of people like that in oh, this game. Oh, bro. Imagine this year. I'm going back and forth to Amsterdam. My cousin is looking after my grow. I'm paying for my cousin to come to Amsterdam every two weeks, chill with my dogs while I go back and check on the plants. All of a sudden, he goes quiet on me. My ex-business partner has got him to take all my Triangle Cushion Girl Scout cookie cuts, let my crop die, and do a project with him. Your cousin? Yeah. Paid my cousin 20 bags to do a seed project and robbed me of all my cuts and let my crop die. What's 20 bags? 20 grand. 20K. Damn. Family. My, actually, first my cousin stole oil from me that he was meant to be sending me. Should we, should we shout them out right now? Scumbags are us. Fucking <laughs> name. 1-800. I ain't even giving out their names. Straight up they ain't don't even, even get mentioned. No promotion. No, you that's get it. no free that's promotion. It. And, and the crazy thing is I Stay hit up. Stay in the stands, boys. This is the thing, yeah. I hit up the guy at the time and said to him, bro, how are you going to do that? He said, I never knew that your cousin done that. I will never bum. do a project with him. And my cousin was such a mouthy little fucker that when he got paid, he come and shouted off and it come back uh, to me. 20 so, bags. Yeah, that's Getting it. Fucking 20 bags. What a cunt. <laughs> what a fucking cunt. So. No mentions, no names. You no guys mentions. Can stay in the stands well, and keep watching. What did happen is I decided, you know what? For me to win this high times cup, I need to be in Amsterdam. Straight I need up. to grow my plants. Proximity is trim power. Trim them, not vac seal them, put them in some crazy container and have nah, to send them nah. to another country. Nope. I need to put it into a beautiful Tupperware, all nicely laid out and present my buds. Then I've got a chance of winning something. And I honestly believe that. And when it comes to growing, n- nothing went smooth in Amsterdam. I lost my room. Nothing uh, goes smooth ever uh, exactly. anywhere with growing. Yeah, just for all the listeners. But this is the thing. Yeah, this is the reality. Straight up. Let's just be real. I know lots of people that have hit hurdles and fallen. But if you really no, want no, it, yeah, you, you, keep, you keep it going. Yeah, no, you that's keep it, it going. That's any business, though. Yeah, that's it. That's People life. should know that's, that's any life, fucking business. That's life, isn't it, bro? That's yeah. life. That it ain't just life. growing. I'm going to be real. It's any nah, business. That's exactly like, it. Like, you got to be willing to get back up, get back up, get back up. And it's how much up. you care, how much you love things, how much it means to you. That determines how much you're willing to go how through. How far and you'll yeah, go, that's yeah. It. And how much you'll put up with and how much heartache you're... Absolutely. How, the troughs that you'll, you'll call through for the highs when it happens, when the hard work pays off. And for me, it did pay off. It's like I made it out to Amsterdam. So you were on probation, living with the plants, then we're... What? Then as soon as, as soon as I walked away from my business partner, I had a crop going that I was going to send to Amsterdam. But literally... When I'm ready to harvest, the house I'm in has to be closed down. We're like, nope, no drying period, nothing. You've got, to, you've got to chop your crop today at week eight and then drive it somewhere else and dry it there. 
That shit's gonna happen. So automatically, I'm not happy with the crop. Right. So I sent it to Amsterdam. It got to get there. it off. And when it got there, I decided, you know what? I'm not entering it. I'm not happy with it. And it's like, in retrospect, I should have entered it. I yeah, should have said, fuck it. That's how yeah. I feel too. With, yeah, it. Nah. with everything I pulled back on, I felt like, nah, I should have dropped that shit. I All felt right. like an idiot. I'm not going to lie because we also had shatter back then. Back then at the time, yeah, what I'd done is I got the secret cup winner in 2013 to fly to England and show my business partner on the extract company how to do uh, single solvent uh, de-waxing. So we were de-waxing shatter back then. So when we had shatter, it was better than everyone's. And I weren't happy with it, so I didn't enter it again. And everyone's like, right, that would have won. I'm like, Perfectionist problem. Yeah, that's it. But it made me move to Amsterdam. I just decided I'm going to move to Amsterdam. And once I was in Amsterdam, I had a beautiful grow, all going well. Had the Girl Scout, had my Terpzilla, which is a New York City D's on Granddaddy Purple. Everything going smooth. Then all of a sudden, the place gets robbed. Someone tried to steal the genetics. That's how bad things were. How peak it is that they robbed the grow in veg for the genetics. You know, and I ended crazy. up losing it. Me and my bro, Blackleaf, we've been through that same shit. A paid electrician came back and robbed like two of each plant in veg. And we're like, you expect us to believe someone, can, random person came in here and robbed two of each type bro. of plant. And just fucking left and took like an Xbox and just left. <laughs> oh, this is so, this. this is how crazy. I'm sure people listening are laughing right now, like thinking about same similar stories. Right. The funny thing of all, yeah, is that about seven months later, I walk into a shopping mall in Amsterdam. As I'm walking in, there's my neighbor from the grow house in the block. She's an American lady. So she, I can't even pretend I don't speak the language and just like duck out. She goes, excuse me, can I have a word with you, please? And cut, like gets my attention. I'm like, oh, fuck. She smells what it. What is going on? Because she witnessed the bust. Like she see it all go down. Oh, it, was wow. mad, it was a madness. She goes to me, first of all, let me shake your hand. That was a beautiful grow. When it got robbed, I went up and had a look. I also called the police after they robbed it. It was two Moroccan guys running out with plants. She goes, but I got kids. She goes, so once they start to see them do that, I thought I got to call the police. Sorry. And I'm like, that's all good. No worries. <laughs> she goes to me. And this is the funniest thing of all, yeah? She goes to me, where you was growing, it's not appropriate. She goes, if you're going to grow, you got to grow in these kind of blocks over here. And points at my fucking house in the block. <laughs> she like, Holy it's shit. like, it's just points in the direction of the exact block where I'm now living. And I've had to literally pop five packs of seeds under two 600 watt lights in my apartment to keep the vibes alive to to enter the high times and literally bro i had eight weeks to grow them i had to chop them on week eight dry them for 14 days trim them for three days and hand them into the high times on the fourth day that's how i entered the high times what seeds were they the truth which is Triangle Kush crossed to a SFVOG chem male that I used. I also entered, oh man, I can't even think what I entered. I just remember the winner, to be honest. I no, entered a whole it, bunch, all. bro. Okay, okay, okay. The truth came second. Yeah, yeah. I got so, second so you, place so with you that. En- so you entered it in? Yeah, I entered that one in, and I swear to you, bro, this plant was so small that I literally had to enter the whole plant 
Including the, the tiniest popcorns. Oh my gosh. To get up to the amount to make. And you took second place overall. And I took second place overall to some big dispenser oh, in Colorado who entered Baba Kush. That's fucking huge. So that oh. was incredible. What year was bro. that? That was 2014. Wow. That's recent. I mean, that's that's fairly recent too. That's yeah, fire, bro. Yeah, that's that's not Yo, too so long. So you back. were you were coming from seed doing that too. Yeah, yeah. That, do you know what? If I'm gonna enter competitions, it has to be from seed. Because I'm a seed company and I'm trying to promote my genetics. So I want you to know from a pack of 15 seeds, wow, you what am I going to get from it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fire. Yeah, I give 15 seeds for the simple reason. I feel like a lot of small growers will pop 10 and save five for a rainy day because they like to have a little left over in case something goes wrong. And you'll find keepers boys in the US are running through seeds. Yeah, man. now that, that's, that's these are the things I'm looking forward to is those seeds. big hunts because... I've got things they, that... They feel like one every hundred, you might find, you might find a keeper. Kind of the theory right now. Yeah, well... You know me, what I mean? I mean like, yeah. like, like a banger, like yeah, yeah. a hit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, like I'm not saying level. like nothing, you know, nothing cool, but yeah, I'm no. saying like a hit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Because it, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like in the US, that's what it is now, is if you got a hit strain, you can kind of put a whole brand on. You know what I mean? Yep. Do you know what, for me... It's all about the kind of growers who are willing to do that. I love a grower who's willing and believes in their own abilities enough that they can say, don't worry, I'll find a keeper. For me, selection is art. Selection is the real art of growing. Those who can select the keepers because they grow them to a level where it's noticeable are the people that can stand on their own in the industry and brand something, can be something unique and take real pride. Anyone can grow a cut and dial it in and get someone else's work and market it well. That's, That's where it's going. I mean, yeah. it used to be like just if you can get some fire, if you can grow some fire, like you're popping. You know what I mean? But yeah, you're right now. Like that's where it's going. Like straight up, like anyone else can grow someone else's work. Bro, I've noticed dial a huge difference, bro. Basically. Automation, all the technology. Like it is true that it's it's getting to that point. I'm not trying to discredit it at all because it's not fucking easy. Like there's no part of this shit that's easy at all, but it is interesting that you say that. And it's like a necessity now for brands and companies to like find their own gear and chase their own stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. The, the market is going to That's why originality so is going to have to come back because yeah. like turt profiles and shit got to change. Bro. It's so funny. Yeah. I've seen such a strange change in seed sales over the last two years. My sales in Europe have dropped because everyone in Europe is chasing the American flavors, and my sales in America yeah. are going Cali's through the roof. Running the world, man. Yeah, but now I'm all those people. I'm gonna say it on episode 24, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know you what's happening now? I've now I got made the round all these people hollering at me because they're like, "What we need is we need something that's got the bag appeal. We need it's got the 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 growth structure and all of the things and the bag appeal, but we need new flavors." Yeah. And that's where it's going now. Cali needs new flavors. New flavors. Holland Think, needs new flavors. Yeah, everyone, Spain needs new flavors. Everyone, we all need new flavors. That's, and bro. that's why it's like 100%. The, Everyone's the palette of flavors now is it takes so time. cool to see different people discovering flavors, finding these new flavors, and rather than relying on other ones that are out there, that people are finding all these unique little notes and nuances. And that's how we get true exotics, things that do stand out that people are like, whoa. I never smelled nothing like that before. And that's Anamites. Yeah, that's it. It's gotta be doing something. You know what I'm saying? The experience, you're like, whoa, I'm lit and that tasted great. 
as a breeder, for me, it's like, it's, I'm trying to run two parallel who, things. Where who I'm pops tr- up? When you think of the U.S., right off the top of your head, who pops up? As far as breeding, like groups, growing, whatever, whoever. Name off some company people. Do you know what? As far as breeders, I like how Archive does things. Yeah. He's, he's someone I've seen oh, for years. Yeah, he does things Big proper. Ups. Always puts in the work, tests things. But there's loads of other people doing amazing things as well. Growers, like, brands. Yeah. Who, who I've got a head, friend man. called Sog Army. He's okay. a San Francisco Cali brand as well. Okay. He's super legit. He's got amazing cuts, amazing selection. He's been on the forums for years. He's like... Some of the stuff I've had off of him is incredible. Obviously, the irony of it is that one of the biggest brands out there at the moment is my homie Stacks Team Ten. Oh, come I've known on, for years. man! So it's like shout out to the boys Team there. Ten. You already it's know like, he knows he knows that good flavors and all of that. He knows Coming through that Nobu. So he's doing great. It's like to see how he's doing things man. is incredible because he's gonna keep it he's absorbing what. The trends are how to market. He said he likes to smoke good, so he's done clever things. You know what I mean? It's cool to see that that someone else can go out there and make it. To be honest, that's one of the things I like about that. One of the things I like about the whole Cali scene is I know lots of people that have moved there from other places and been able to do something incredible. Everybody, everybody had to migrate there. Yes, it's it's beautiful to see that. You know, but there is some Cali natives, obviously. Yeah, loads, cool, obviously, right? But, But. a lot of the top states growers moved to Cali because Colorado, it was cool, but it wasn't it. You know what I mean? And I, got, I don't think a lot of people settled. I got some San Francisco friends that have been killing it since forever. Absolutely. One of the guys, Cali's uh, been always been be flowering ABF genetics. Uh, we fucked me up. Yeah. That's yep, one of the homies. Know. That's yeah. who hooked me up. That's how I had the forum cut. Yeah, he exactly. was the guy. Yeah. Exactly. He was the guy that had the forum cut that paid the money for it. Straight up. And it was his crew that hollered at me and got that cut out to me. Big ups to them. And then I've got a homie in Colorado, curbside services. He's he's always doing legit things. Like he's super on point. That's dope. Good you got anybody in Maine since you were doing your thing in Maine? You know what? What ended up happening in Maine, man? Maine was crazy, bro. Basically, I was over there with people that were breeding, and then a whole shitstorm happened when I was in prison, where basically Someone who was. Oh, so you had to go back and go to prison. You had to leave Maine, go back and go to prison. While I, I like, I was traveling out there all the time and then got busted. So I, after I got busted, I still went out there one more time because I didn't have a conviction yet. So went out there. Life was great for everyone. Then I go to prison. All of a sudden, everyone goes radio silent. And when uh, I come out, the website, IC Mag, had the craziest shit happen where there's been major busts in America. There's all kinds of wild shit happening and all my friends have been dragged into it. So at that point it was peak for everyone on the East coast. The guy who had snitched on them was essentially involved in Silk Road. That are like online. Oh, yeah, this is the story you were telling. Yeah. The, the Silk Road website. He was one of the major people involved in that. There's some big, there's some big facts. This big is history. wild Tune in right shit. Here. This Tune is in right here. Tell us the story, man. Basically, there was a guy, I can't remember his real name, but on forums, he was called POM, P-O-M. And that stood for plural of mongoose. Now that guy there, yeah, at one point, there was a crazy thing that happened where the owner of icmag.com was also the owner of a seed company called Seeds Direct and Seed Boutique and Seed Bay that was moving 
all of the top breeders seeds around the world like everyone got their start like cali connection like dna genetics everyone was through this this was like the main one of the main free websites kind of thing that you could get seeds from yeah so at one point that guy gypsy nirvana brings a guy from the forums over and lets him stay with him in england Cut a long story short. Big mistake. Yeah, cut a long story short. He ends up. This way you gotta keep your door shut, man. Fucking Gypsy Nirvana's wife. Gypsy splits from his wife. There's a crazy battle over the website going back and forth where one guy's in control and the other guy's in control. Everything's super crazy. And then this guy disappears. And little do we know that he gets involved in Silk Road, which was like the online dark web Bitcoin drug like website. He's heavily involved in that. And when he gets busted, he just starts ratting on everyone, giving up Gypsy Nirvana for the seeds. They paint him as a kingpin behind the seed industry. And it's that that leads to the busts in Maine, where a company called Reservoir Seeds got busted. He then rolled and so did everyone else and basically corroborated with the authorities to go along with a story that painted out Gypsy Nirvana to not be the guy that sold the seeds, that now he was the kingpin that told them to make the seeds and all of a sudden they had shaped it to make him look like the number one head honcho. Who is this guy? Gypsy Nirvana. Gypsy Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. An English guy he was, uh, is, and he was living in uh, the Philippines at the time. America tried to extradite him from the Philippines and he ended up on house arrest in the Philippines for almost two years. Can you imagine how horrendous that was? The guy like went through trauma out there fighting extradition and then eventually the Philippines kicked him out and sent him back to the UK and luckily the UK refused to extradite him to America. So yeah, that... that, Shout out to the UK, man. They do what they want. But Reservoir Seeds, that seed guy... He rolled and now is trying to make a comeback on the cannabis scene. And it's oh, like, is he? man, that's co- our seeds. You yeah. rolled and you're trying to come back to the cannabis industry. Like, man, bro. And you thought the culture wouldn't hear about that shit. Bro, there's people on, supporting man. that. This is, this is how I feel, yeah? Yo. I don't believe on, in ratting at all. Nah, people, me neither. I've heard people defend You, you make a decision say, to, to do certain things and make decisions. You make a decision to make decisions in your life and you got to take responsibility for them. His his attitude is, is, oh, well, they already knew everything. So I had to go with it because they already knew everything. That's not the way, man. The way they shaped it and tried to make Gypsy Nirvana look and tried to make him out as the kingpin, that's unacceptable. And the thing is, if you make that decision in life, if you decide to to, to roll over... Even if you don't want to say he's a rat, own it. if you roll and cooperate you with the authorities, you gotta own it. don't come back. The door's closed on the industry. You can't be making a comeback. Anyone who's supporting that has got serious judgment issues. And it's like, it's a red flag for me when I see anyone who fucks with that guy now, because I lost close friends over that. I was, I was friends with That's not cool. people that were around him yeah. and... Those people, they really fucked their lives up, man. And they, their lives, and they ain't trying to make a comeback in the and industry they because they're shit. so traumatized by the whole situation PTSD. that they can't come back and they don't want to be back and they don't want to be That's around terrible. it. And they're not a part of the scene. So, yeah, that changed a lot, man. That changed the whole seed industry. That was a big change 
for the website IC Mag. That was quite a hub for for the growing community back in the day. But that really did kind of splinter things on that site. Fucking Reservoir Seeds, man. You but, ain't welcome no more. That's it. But it inspired me to do my own breeding. So you know what? So, so reason, tell us about that then, though, because I feel this like there's a lot of people I could shout out right now. And a lot of people would hear it, hear it. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't want to waste my time. Like we said, no free promotion. But at the end of the day, those same people are the reason I'm right here right now in Spain and Barcelona sitting here in a, in a social lounge having a podcast with you. Yeah, Cause they it. pissed me the fuck off. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm about to really just put all this energy into some shit and build some, something that's positive. You know, it is what it is. It's going to, it's going to come to life and nobody can ignore it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you need that. You need that in life is what I'm saying. Like all that pushback, yeah. all that failure, all Hell that, yeah. like getting fucked over all that, you know, people not keeping their word, people taking advantage of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Just, do you know how I feel, bro? If those, you know, those, if you know those, in your those heart, losses got to turn to lessons and, and man, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep being resilient. Thing is when you know in your heart, you're a good person and you ain't wronging people. Then you know that when things go wrong, there's a lesson from it because the universe ain't going to fuck you over because you're a good person. Absolutely. And I believe that. So nah, it doesn't a- always come quick, but everything that's happened to me, bro, including when I went to prison, that saved me problems, that made me see a lot of people that were close to me for what they really were. I had been on top for so long that I couldn't see who was clinging on to me. Yeah, yeah. The people that were clinging on to me, that I thought were my friends, were not my friends. Right. Were not the people that loved me. The people that loved me when I was at that height, they were the ones that gave me freedom and space and I forgot about them a little bit. And, I, and then when Straight I... Up. and then Real when I, family. Yeah, and then when I fell low... The people that I'd done everything for, the guy that I helped get a house, that I set up, that I put through an apprenticeship, that I'd done favors for, that I treated like a brother, let me down, done me bad in many ways. And it was like, oh, that's one of the reasons I had to go through this. Because when I make it, I can't have that guy living off of my success, bleeding me dry and being an energy vampire for my success that I'm generating. And that's what I realized it was, bro. It was a hard lesson, but it's like in all these situations, whatever you go through, learn from it, soldier on, take a lesson and move forward. And that's what it done for me. Like I've, it inspired me to start breeding. Even when I had a, a, I I joined my friend seed company at the time for my first projects. Even when that went sour, I went in my own direction and I started fresh. I didn't try and carry on the same strains because I didn't want no conflict or anything like that. I just got some seeds that I had. I started a new thing, new name. And that energy that that created won me that high times in the first year of me starting my own company. So it does pay off when you put in the work, when you are passionate. And when you've got direction and you're, you're actually doing it with reason. So you didn't give up. No, that's exactly it. And yeah, the adventures continue. What's kept on. your light bright, so, shining so bright? Like, what, what's kept you so close to passion? I see certain people do it a lot more effortlessly than others. Like, I have a hard time with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get caught up in materialism and like certain shit. You know what I mean? But like, some people, they're just, they're able to just radiate passion only and like not get caught up. And what's kept you so, you know, true to the core? Because I can tell by your character, man. You know, it's crazy. You're really living free. It's crazy what you say because you know what? All the times before I was breeding is when I had the most money. 
Once I started breeding and I left England and went on this crazy adventure to win a high times in Amsterdam, to then move to Spain for the social clubs, all of these things and the trials and tribulations that I've gone through have meant that my life has been much more financially a struggle than it ever was when I was in England, getting the most price for the best bud constantly and always had a big bag of money hidden away as well as as much as I ever needed. But bro, my happiness now with the life that I've built for myself where I'm breeding, where I'm doing things with passion, not just following hype, where I'm able to stay relevant, but also have other things for a longer picture, like for the bigger picture of breeding, like land race projects, trying to bring those, incorporate them into modern strains, bring back old strains. That's the three-pronged attack for me is to have land race, old school flavors, and new score real art yeah that's it and to blend those keep those going and have a life where i'm doing what i love that's what keeps me going that i am actually living my dream if i was to look back at 18 year old barry and say one day you'll be growing breeding people will be buying your seeds then meeting you showing you the flowers they'll be excited about it like the interaction and the feeling you get from that that's what drives me on, bro. I have Straight low up. moments. A lot of love I go online. through low moments occasionally, and then someone we will send do. me a message and hit me up with some positivity and just brings me Raise out of it, bro. Amazingly. Absolutely. And, and that's because I try to put that energy out there, and it does. And it's like, that's why I said to you, there's community left in this industry, and there's incredible people to meet. And if you put yourself out there and you love it, then you can have a lot of fun in this game. And meet some cool people from all walks of life. And that, that makes it, that keeps me going to constantly meet new people that have passion, that have the love to see next generation after next generation, to see that it's spread. You know, like a lot of people want to hate and be, oh, this person's doing it this way when they're breeding or that person's doing it that way. For me, how I feel is if you're breeding and you're doing something good for you, however you want to do it, do your thing. Have your own way. Just because someone else wants to do selection and do this and spend a year or this person wants to do fems or this person wants to do auto flowers or this person only does this flavor. Let everyone do what they want and let the consumer be educated enough to make decisions. Exactly. That's what it is. You've got to rely on an educated consumer because there's different levels for everything. Some people will get caught up in detail some people just look for names some people really care about finding unique things and over the last few years i'm super lucky that i'm finding the niche market that i've been looking for is that people that really want to look for unique flavors that have things in mind that i can build a relationship with find out what they like what they don't like what things they're looking for and then from my catalog of strains i can point them in the right direction because I, I'm someone who likes to feel that I've not, I've avoided getting caught up in hype things so that I can maintain a little bit of everything. I'm not ignoring hype. It's right. like, I'll, I'll run the Gilletto car, a Skittles car. Mm-hmm. I'll get things. And I've got friends that I can get things off of. So the chance is there to get all of those things. And I bring little bits in occasionally, but yeah. I don't want to, jump into an oversaturated market where I feel there's people already doing a better job with those things. For me, if, if I'm going to play with Skittles, it's because I'm bringing something to it. There's no point in me bringing Skittles 
because Skittles is already done by a million people and done really well. They're remixing that so, everywhere. Yeah, so it's like you, you feel know, like you've already got beat to the punch. That's it. It's like it's, it's not, smart, smart. It's not into and, and, and you know what? Even in even in your area, it's you're you're staying true to you. Yeah, it's like it's that's kind of what I mean. You're an artist. You got you got to stay true to you. That's that's the it way. Doesn't it's matter like, if you're old school, new school, trending, whatever, popping this that like. If you found a dope ass her profile and it's trending and it's hot, that that is dope. You're staying true to you. You fucking smoke it. You like it. You love it. That's that's good. That's true to you. But I feel like people can tell, yeah. and and people know the companies that aren't staying true. You know that are that are just doing it for the money. So it's a big difference. Yeah, do you know what? You know what I mean? And that's the beauty. I'm getting those people reach out to me. Yeah, now. there's people a different. Really finally, the there's market. like a real big connoisseur community. Like it's big now. Like before it was like really, really small. Like you didn't really like feel the love as much or there wasn't a platform where you could like get connected and, you know, chop game or anything. But now the connoisseur community is it's fucking global. I'm looking at these bags. I mean, this shit's crazy. Like it's everywhere. For me to come to Barcelona and see the evolution of Barcelona, bro, I'm telling you, if you saw what was on the menus in 2015 when I came here, your head would spin. They I were bet. like, it was like four strains. They wouldn't pay over a certain what? price for flour. There was no, they'd never seen shatter before. Like it was baffling. Like if you said oil to Boy, them, they had ago. the idea of something terrible. And it was like the hash smoking was just dominant. There was hardly any flowers. Most of the flower would have been outdoor or amnesia haze. There was like free strain Chanel amnesia critical. That was like the strains that was out here and everyone was growing them commercially. And bro, to see, and you know what one of the key things is, truthfully, this is it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah? I'm not trying to stroke your ego. Yeah, But what it is, is when Spanibus happens, America comes to Spain. Everyone brings America with them and people start seeing, oh shit, there's other levels to this. Cause I could do it on a small scale and there were growers starting to do it. You know, like originally people would refuse to pay a price and then I showed them the bud and they're like, oh, all right, yeah, I'll pay it. And it's like slowly people change. But to begin with the idea of paying something for a bud was out of their mind because they'd never seen bud like it. Right. And once things start to transfer and people see different examples of different flowers from around the world, different extracts, extract game blows up, the hash making, the people from Barcelona traveled to America and learned stuff. That's when things started to get nuts is when everyone starts traveling and sharing, yeah, exactly. people coming over here they, they and doing lessons. They saw some real fire and they were like, oh, oh shit. And every year the measuring stick is Spanibis. You can see right. how the evolution has happened, and it has been the most insane evolution Do you think of a we're cannabis. See, twenty twenty two. I fucking hope so, bro. Me too, bro. I'm scared, but I hope so because right. they need it. Yeah, like the, the the whole culture needs it in Europe. So many businesses need it. So many people rely on that one that it is ruining a lot of people's businesses not happening. You know that yeah, it's not cool. Those connections that you make just the social side of it alone. I miss bro. That's like the highlight of my year. Can you imagine when there's like that yeah. one thing? Lights the whole city up. It's good for the economy, bro. It is crazy you know? for the economy. Out here. I was, they I was laughing because we got time. the DJ setting up, man. He's giving us a signal. We're getting kicked off the set. Yeah. About to play some vibes in here. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to get cut like that. <laughs> That's a bit of a no. disappointment, but. 
No, I mean, I think we'll be good. Yeah, we'll carry on for Yeah, we'll be good. Um, but no, so what 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 made you want to go to Barcelona? How long you, you how long did you say Amst- you've been out here? I, I moved I won the high you, times in 2014 at the end of the year and then beginning of 2015 i moved out here i had always planned to come to barcelona because of the cannabis social club scene the fact i couldn't go to america is a big stumbling block because of my smuggling conviction so i had to choose where is the best place for me as a breeder as a cannabis consumer outside of the u.s and holland has been oversaturated to the point where you can't do anything without a neighbor knocking on your door and asking you what you're up to they're so hot on it and they care what you're doing. Yeah, they're, here, I, don't, super I don't really vibe with the Dutch. No, they're harsh as fuck. All my Dutch friends that smoke weed are super cool. And then the Dutch people that I experienced they're down there cool were it. harsh as fuck. They they're did not, not like cool me. They gave us a bad review on Airbnb, man. Yeah. They were pissed off. They hated me They as were well. in the backyard. They were whistling at us, telling us to go behind the shed. It was not cool. I was like, damn. Uh, it was a real challenge out I there. I was like this, you know what I mean? I'd always planned to come here, and the fact that the clubs are out here made it even better for me to have yeah. that. No, I stoked that you, can, that you can really kick shit in here and chill. Yeah. Makes you know life I mean? so much nicer. It's more like a belonging. It's more like a coffee shop. Oh, it's beautiful. But like different than Amsterdam. You know, it's real different. It's, it's more, more like relaxed. hanging out. You don't out. feel under pressure. In it's Amsterdam, you've got to go. buy something. You've yeah. got to buy a drink. You've got to spend money every so yeah. often. And they make you feel that as well. They're on your case. When you come to a club like this, once you remember, you can come here and just chill out. Some people just stop Get by, say how hi to everyone, check the dog. You know what I mean? Like literally just be f- friendly. You get a lot of people that come to the clubs with their friends and they're not smokers, but it's just a nice place to hang out rather than a bar because you try and socialize in a bar and there's some drunk idiot. Yeah. So, you can hear, hear, you know, hear each other. Really. Exactly. So it's tough. people, no, really social have, clubs are fire, man. This is dope been a dope ass experience man for real yeah it's going to be amazing to see you come back for spanibus when it's really popping 100%. off you know then, we're going yeah, to be back too it's going to be crazy spanibus is a special one Absolutely. anyone who's not familiar with spanibus check out youtube you'll see a couple little videos of the expo and things like that and yeah it's really like a crazy two-week party because yeah. everyone arrives the week before and stays the week after so it's That's the game plan. Yeah, you got to do it like that. And if not, you got to tr- you got to plan a trip out to Barcelona. Period. Just yeah, to come definitely. out to the social clubs, get hooked up, hit up True Clan and Bliss, come up to the Treasure Social Lounge. Definitely That's it. social That's club. It. You got to join. Figure that out. But other than that, man, we appreciate it, bro. Episode twenty four. It's been incredible. True Clan of Bliss, man. You the man. You're a legend, you, homie. If anyone it. wants to talk genetics, hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram's True Clan of Bliss. That's B-L-I-S-S at the end. True Canada Genetics will also come up in the search. I just love growing and talking to growers. So hit me up. Tell me what you're into, what you're looking for. And I'm sure there's something in my catalog that will spark some interest. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get my genetics into some passionate growers' hands. So always happy to connect. Yo, you're a fucking legend, man. We appreciate it. We Thank appreciate you for having me, bro. Thanks for letting us record here. And thanks for doing it, man. First time of the man. day. Time True flew Bliss. by, bro. Yeah, you flew already know, by. man. Episode 24. <laughs> it's a wrap. Peace. Peace.